Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of For Checking TV. I'm your host, Doug Glackey, and tonight I'm joined by my co-host, Scotty Porterfield. And tonight we have a special guest. We're bringing back our buddy, Gabe Takuri, uh, to talk about some Jersey stuff, talk about um, the Olympics as well. So Gabe, how are we doing, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. You know, we're just kind of hanging out. Um, obviously, we're still in that weird time before everything starts kicking picking up with training camp um obviously the penguins started their training camp today um there's really not too much to talk about with it <laughs> simply because jeff carter's the first line center right now and we basically just um pretend to exist until sid gets back um so yeah that's pretty much where we're at um the Vegas Golden Knights um, extended Nolan Patrick to a two-year deal last night, $1.2 million cap hit. I really, really like that for them. I think that he's one of those guys who might have – it's not even a career rejuvenation. He's gonna, He might be able to successfully kickstart his career there. I know Philly wasn't really a good time for him, just at least from a playing perspective and with all the injuries and the migraine issues. So hopefully he's able to rebound and – uh, get his act together because I think as it sits right now, he's probably going to slot in as their second line center and they're just going to run with him there. Yeah. That but, could um, be a potential thing that they end up doing with him. Like you said, though, that feels really good because it's kind of like a low risk, high reward type of thing. If he mm -hmm. does find his game in Vegas, it could end up working out really well for them. And so I guess in a sense, it's almost like a bridge deal in a way, just hoping yeah. that, Hey, if this, if everything's up coming together the way it does, we could have a potential top six center here, or not top six center, top six forward for us. But yeah, that could be a very, uh, very good thing for Vegas. So we'll see how it plays out. And hopefully Nolan Patrick does develop into the player that uh, everyone's been hoping that he's been for some time. Yeah, and the nice thing about the cost certainty aspect of it is um, if he's not playing well, you can put him on a third or a fourth line. It's still socially acceptable for him to be down there because he's a 1.2 million dollar cap it like nobody's gonna throw a fit about it so um islanders news they signs the dana chara uh chara's coming home um that was a very interesting little news dump i wasn't expecting to read the other morning um but good for him good for lou lamarillo for assembling probably the most elderly geriatric playoff team you can assemble but uh, that was that, that was good stuff. That was that was real good stuff. Um, I don't really know what his role is going to be, but at least he's still playing. Um, could be worse. He could be like Krejci and kind of just like up and go on the Bruins. So I think he could fit in as a second line defenseman. I think he might have to with Mayfield. That position's open since Letty left, and. I mean, I don't know how much they expect out of him at his current age, but I think he could, he could slot in there if necessary. Honestly, though, I think the idea of a Chara and Mayfield pairing is nasty. They just they play the same exact style, and they're both very difficult to play against, you know? And I think that that's like – I mean, it fits the Islanders' identity so well, you know? Like, they're just going to go in there and just grind their the opposition down and make it hard for them to generate scoring chances, so – just look at some of the names that are on this Islander team now. You got Chara, Parise, Palmieri, 
Corey Schneider's still there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, Long Island's kind of turning into a retirement home at this point. But uh, and I saw something else. It was like Chara was like when Chara was in his first stint with the Islanders, like before there, like Barzell wasn't born yet, or yeah, who else was <laughs> I forget who else was a part of that. But a lot of like their young and up and coming players, the ones that are left at least, are still uh. Are still uh, weren't even born yet at that time. Whenever Char was just getting started with the Islanders the first time around, so yeah, good for him. Another year of uh, another year to get a pension, I guess, in the NHL. So you know, good for him, I guess. So we'll see how it works out in Long Island, but uh, you know, we'll see how things play out. I think I'm getting to a point with Chara where I'm just genuinely curious to see how much longer he can play. Um, you know, because like it's not. Like he can, he can still keep up. Like he may not be fantastic, but like Gabe said, you throw him in on a second or third pairing and he's going to do perfectly fine. Um, it's not really anything for anybody to really get like super worked up about if he were to sign with your team, but I'm genuinely curious to see how much longer he can go. Um, at least at the NHL level, because he's what, like 42 now. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's crazy that he's still kicking and still doing his thing. But I mean, dude, if you can keep cash out money like that, just on one year deals, just do it. I mean, look at, look at Chris Chelios. He made himself an absurd amount of money in the last 10 years of his career. Cause he was playing until he was like 50. So yeah. Thresher's legend right there. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Honestly, though, I, I forgot about that until recently because I was watching some videos. We had, uh, do you know who Urinating Tree is, Gabe? Yep, love the, we had love him videos. On a couple yeah. weeks ago, and we, I watched the Thrashers one, and then I forgot that they basically signed for a publicity stunt. And I was like, oh god, this is hilarious. But um, games. yeah, move. What's he played, up? He played like a, a like a significant amount of games too. I thought I had to look up just to see what it was, but he definitely got it. He definitely got some action. It wasn't just like. Like how Mike Madonna was whenever he was in Detroit, where it was just like Mike Milbury was just there to screw him over. Like he actually played some games, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, I think he played a good, good stretch. He had seven games with Atlanta at age 48. That's great. <laughs> it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's like, like... <laughs> I'm so mad. Like in hindsight, I'm so mad that. Uh, Chelios never took an opportunity to sign with the Danbury Trashers. Because that would have been like, that would have been just like the icing on the cake for just like the whole like old man gimmick thing. But, uh, so he was in I like, like I, he was in like his early 40s whenever that team was going on. When you think about yeah. it, like he was like still like 42, 43 whenever they were like, you know, active i guess so also i was today years old when i learned that mike rupp played for that team during the lockout yeah i saw that i was looking that up one day i was looking that up one day in class i was just just screwing around i was like okay who actually played on this team i saw mike rupp was one of them uh nasty morasty was another one that was on that team and so was uh uh, gretzky's brother brent gretzky yeah (laughs) yeah my um my roommate from college texted me uh, the other night or last night, whenever your uh, tweet went up about the Danbury Trasher jerseys, Gabe. And he said yeah. to me, he's like, I need a Mike Rupp Danbury jersey, like more than I need air to breathe. And I was like, I think I might. I, I said to him, I think I'm between that or Morasty. 
Yeah. Just because like Morass, he's like a uh, spit and chicklets legend at this point. It's like, yep. why not? But uh, moving forward, uh, some Jersey news. The Arizona Coyotes finally went back to the White Kachina. It looks absolutely fantastic. And um, there's an outside shot. They end up getting one in the near future. But um, yeah, they look great, man. I, I wasn't like... Like in the back of my mind, I was thinking, okay, we might get Kachina, but then I was like, I don't know, like how it's going to go. So, what are your thoughts on that, Gabe? I mean, it came out months ago. I knew months ago that they were bringing it back. I was extremely happy. I mean, it was, it was what they had to do. They had the black ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like their old homes, the burgundy ones. I don't think they were bad. I think they were actually probably underrated, but yeah. the ways were nothing special. I think now it came, the ones that came out today, they look great. I mean, from back in the era, they all look both styles of jersey, even their alternates, the uh, the green peyote ones. Mm-hmm. I love those, yep. all of those. That era of coyotes jerseys are absolutely insane. All that just for them to relocate next year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. that's, that's, that logo look great in Houston, right? It'll <laughs> be the Houston coyotes, right? Uh, I mean. The Quebec Coyotes isn't far off because the Nordique logo before they moved was going to be a wolf. That's true. That is true. Very. I think I think we're on to something here. <laughs> but um, anyways, a couple teams get new alternates. Um, when do you think we can expect news on this Penguins third jersey that we keep hearing about? I heard November. So... I'm not sure if they're going to release beforehand and then do something like Seattle where the people who distribute them besides Seattle and Adidas will get them like weeks later. So maybe they'll come out in October and then the person who I talked to will get them in November, but we'll see. I'm just about positive that you guys are going to get an alternate. Is there a reason why they're holding off until like the early stages of the season in order to do that? Or like, what's the, what's the rhyme or reason? Cause like, if you, I figure if you want a new alternate, you'd want to have it out before the season started. That way you can just, you know, get the Jersey revenue and whatnot. But what's the reason for like them holding off? Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, Washington did something similar last season with their blue alternates, but from what I've heard, I know the devils are also getting an alternate. I'm not sure why they haven't released theirs either. I guess maybe they're trying to release them at once or somewhere closer to the season. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. I, I think the penguins did something similar where they didn't release that ugly gold third that they had for several years until like right around October, early November ish. Cause I remember, I remember that dropping when I was at college and my friends and I all trying to like get our, get our uh, funds in order to make it happen, get a new one. But uh, yeah, I, um, I took great advantage of the Penguins trying to liquidate their third jerseys. Like I got like an absurd, I got an absurd amount of them, but um. Anyways, moving forward, um, we're going to talk about some potential Olympic rosters. Um, I want to start off with Team Sweden because they're going to be loaded. They look like they're going to be a wagon. And I really don't feel like talking about how bleak the uh, Russian national team is going to be this year whenever the time rolls around. So, um this team's stacked. Um, literally all four lines. They have just incredible talent. Um, 
So for context of how stacked this team's going to be, I have Elias Pettersson playing third line left wing. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go through like basically what I have like kicked around on this notes document in my phone right now. The forward lines would go as follows. It would be Landeskog, Eric Sinek, and William Nylander. Philip Forsberg, Nick Backstrom, and Elias Lundholm. Elias Pettersson, Mika Zibanejad, Victor Arvidsson, and then your fourth line is Andre Burakovsky, William Carlson, and Patrick Hornquist. Your extra skaters would be Ricard Raquel and Niels Hoglander. And on defense, you would have Victor Hedman and John Klingberg, Jonas Brodin and Eric Carlson, and then OEL and Matthias Eckholm. Your extra defensemen would be Rasmus Dahlin and Rasmus Anderson. And in goal, you have Robin Leonard, Linus Olmark, and for controversy's sake and for fun's sake, Jesper Walsh, that's your third goal. Yeah, I – honest to God, like someone needs fired if Sweden doesn't medal in this tournament. Erickson, first line center. What's the reasoning behind that one? I think that he's way better – than what he actually what um he's hyped up to be he's a great defensive two-way center and i think that this tournament would be a great opportunity for him to show off his skills um obviously he can be switched out for any of the four centers that they have um i think switching him and zibanejad would probably make the most sense but i don't know man i think uh giving joel erickson a run in the top six would be ideal for the Swedes I don't know I really I like that's a really bold move putting him above Elias like Elias Pettersson and Zibanejad or Nicholas Backstrom you know I I think that's like I don't even have him making my Swedish team at all so I mean to put him on the first line I mean that's a it's a very bold move Dougie I'll give you that it's it's hey man we learned last week nothing's as bold as Brian Russ playing fourth line for Team yeah, USA. We were – you guys are ready to die on that hill. <laughs> yeah, and Jake Gens is going to play top line too. Right, that one. that's the other one. But in hindsight, I was thinking about it deeper as like my week progressed after we recorded that episode. The idea of Kyle Connor and Jake Gensel on the wing with Dylan Larkin just sounds nasty. So give me that. Yeah. Let let one of the Kachuk children play up with Matthews and just kill people for him. Yeah. Give me that. And yeah, let's hope that, that let's hope that it's Dylan Larkin and not Joe Pavelski or TJ Oshie or somebody like that. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Just kidding. It's gonna be Luke Glendening. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So for my for my team Sweden, I got Landis Cog with Pedersen and Nylander on line one. I have Philip Forsberg with Sabinajad and Arvidsson. Line three, I got Burkowski, Backstrom, and uh, Lin- El- Elias Lindholm. And my fourth line, I got Car- William Carlson, Michael Backlund, and Ricard Raquel. And my extra forwards are Victor Olofsson and Emil Bemstrom. Is the other guy I got in there. Young guy. He's still only, what, 22, 23? So yeah. I feel like I, you know, and those guys are interchangeable. You know, there's some... 
And so, like you said, Dougie, Sweden could be as a team that could very be very deep. You got you have guys like Jakob Silverberg, Carl Stoderberg, Kelly Yarncroft, like you said, Patrick Hornquist, mm-hmm. Andreas Johnson, Gus Nyquist, and Anton Lander, just to name a few. So those guys are all players that could could even, you know, give those guys a run for their money. So for the defense, they got Victor Hedman and Eric Carlson, OEL and John Klinberg. I have Rasmus Dahlin and Matthias Ekholm. And my spares will be Hampus Lindholm and Rasmus Anderson. And for the goaltending situation, I'm kind of stuck on this one. This one's a tough one because I like Leonard there, but I also like Jacob Markstrom there. True. And, uh, Linus Allmark can have the third spot. That's his. So, I mean, those are like, uh, yeah, that's where I'm standing right now for those guys. What are we thinking? I think Sweden's extremely flexible in terms of wingers and centers, especially on their forward depth. Yeah. You have Pedersen on your third line, you're in a great spot. Even their defense is stacked. And like you uh you had your you had uh Omar as your third goalie. I think he could even be the top goalie. Mm-hmm. Depends on a whole bunch of factors, but I think he's extremely underrated. He played for Buffalo. I mean, how good can you expect him to be? But yeah, I think Sweden's in a great spot. Yeah, I I agree. I think um you know. I'm how you said between Leonard and um, Markstrom. I'm in the same boat with Leonard and Olmark because I really believe that Linus Olmark is going to go into Boston this year and be insane. Like this is the this is the hottest take in the world you're going to hear from me, but I think that there's a chance that he gets in the Vesna conversation. That's how good he could potentially be this year. Um, you know, he put up good. He he put up great numbers on some horrific Buffalo teams and that, that shouldn't stand for nothing. I think that he's one of these potential God tier goaltenders that you kind of just unlock in a new situation. And Boston really kind of got away with highway robbery, being able to sign him because you guys know the whole summer I was on the whole, like, unload Tristan Jari somehow sign Linus Olmark train because I was that sure about it. You know, same, same way it goes for obviously different nationality, but same way it goes for Freddie Anderson in Carolina. You know, if Freddie Anderson's able to stay healthy, I think uh, the sky's the limit for him because that defense in Carolina is going to be really good. And it's a situation where he doesn't really have a whole lot of pressure. I mean, you, you guys know Carolina is such an easygoing organization, it seems. And I think that's something that he needs after being, you know, in Toronto for as long as he was. Because, you know, I swear, like, playing in Toronto, I feel, is, like, very similar to, like, having, like, the presidency where it's just, like, it ages you so much because you're dealing with so much excess crap. You know, you're dealing with media, you're dealing with fans. Like, you can't even go out without someone telling you you suck. Like, I think that Freddie needs that change of scenery. And plus, his uh, his uh, backup goalie or his tandem mate, if you will, is going to be Auntie Ranta. Like, that's that's a really sick goaltending duo. And that's unreal business for a team that was getting shit on for trading Alex Nedeljkovic right before the draft. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And like you were saying about how Toronto wears guys down, I just want if anyone, if you ever have free time for anyone to watch this, we got free time. 
Look at Austin Matthews' draft picture and look at him do, giving an interview at NHL Media Day. It looks rough. <laughs> it looks kind of yeah. rough. Nylander so, looks rough. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's not groomed right now. I don't know what the deal is. And I mean, but, Marner still looks like a small child, but his I feel like his uh, psyche has deteriorated so much since his contract negotiations that, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. But, um, yeah, I think Team Sweden's going to be a wagon. Um, you know, I think both Sweden and Finland both are going to be loaded because, you know, obviously we're not going to talk a whole lot about Finland, but, like, I think, I think out loud about the Finnish team and, like, you know, their fourth line can be loaded. Like, I was looking at one. They had Jasperi Kotkaniemi um, centering the fourth line. But I think that if Kotkaniemi is going to play with Ajo and Teravainen to start the year, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the uh, line that you see at the Olympics because they're going to have chemistry. You don't really have to tamper with anything. You just got to put those three together and you know you're going to get results of some sort out of them. And, you know, honestly, man, like Finland's going to be loaded, Um, you know, but I think one of the more interesting, like prominent countries in this uh, Olympic tournament um, is going to be Russia because, you know, years, a couple of years ago, I mean, they won the whole thing. They, they were unbelievable, but um, now it feels like it's not for a sure thing that they'll even medal because if Genny Malkin's injured, we have no idea how long he's going to be out for, or if he's even going to go to the Olympic games at all. And um, if Genny Kuznetsov is still serving that four-year ban from the double IHF play for the, uh, the cocaine incident. So, you know, now I'm going to, I'm going to name my line off here line up off here. Um, mine is if Malkin plays. So your top line would be Ovechkin, Malkin, and Radulov. Um, I like that because they've all been playing together since like the beginning of time. They all have chemistry together. I think it would work. And then your second line is Andrei Svechnikov and Nikita Kucherov being centered by Vegas Golden Knights legend Vadim Sipichov. Um I think that, like, honestly, like, he's going to be one of the few KHL guys that makes this team because they just need centers. Um, they really need centers. They don't have a – you know, there aren't a whole lot of Russian-born centers for a reason. They all play wing because they like to score the goals and not really be super committal, committed on defense. Um, and then your third line, Panarin. Datsuk, Kirill Kaprizov. Um, they are going to have to pull Pavel Datsuk out of the woodwork. Um, I know he's currently a free agent in the KHL. I don't know if he even plans on playing again, but they're going to have to pull him out there because, they, again, they need centers. And then your fourth line is Pavel Buchnevich, Vladislav Nemestikov, and Vladimir Tarasenko. Your um, extra forwards would be Denis Gurionov and Mikhail Grigorenko on defense. Now, if you think 
if you think Joel Eriksson Ek being the top line center of Team Sweden's bad, this is about to get a whole hell of a lot worse. The top pairing is Ivan Provorov and Artem Zub. Yep. Second pair is Mikhail Sergachev and Dmitry Orlov. And then the third pair is Alexander Romanov and Slava Voinov. Your extras would be Vladislav Gavrikov and Nikita Zadorov. And in goal, you have Andre Vasilevsky, Ilya Sorokin, and Igor Shosturkin. I haven't heard that name in forever. I forgot he still played. Dude, I, I honestly see no way that they don't bring him. Oh, yeah. Is he ever banned from, from the IIHF? Was he ever? I did a Google deep dive today. They never did anything. Wow. He actually – dude, he won the defenseman of the tournament in um, – 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I thought of Boynov being on the team. I still don't know if I would, given, like, how talented some of these Russian defensemen are. But I can understand where you're coming from in that sense. You really think they're going to drag Pavel Datsuk on the third line on Team Russia? Yeah. Dude, they don't have centers. They they have nothing. Because – before I thought about pulling Datsuk out of the woodwork, your bottom six center depth was going to be Vlad Nemesnikov and Mikhail Grigorenko. And your two extra skaters were going to be wingers. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's just me, but I think they can get away with that. I really do. I don't think that they need to drag out 43 or 44-year-old whenever, whenever the Olympics roll around, have 44-year-old uh, Pavel Datsuk on. It's not like it's the Czech Republic where, okay, we don't have anyone else, so we'll just have Yager come on. Like, it's... Russia is a good team without That's power. True. So I understand. I mean, I kind of get it, but at the same time, I feel like they have better options at uh, at center as opposed to him. Like I'll give you guys mine now since, you know, we're on the topic anyway. So I have Ovi with Gino and Kucherov. I have Panarin with uh, Shipachov and uh, Sveshnikov. I got Dalabil Kirill with uh, Nemesnikov and Tarasenko. And I got Pavel Buchnevich with Grigorenko and the Chushkin. And my extra forwards are, uh, you know, Gurionov and Evgeny Dadanov. I think people are kind of sleeping on Dadanov. He's had a pretty decent run there the last couple of years. I think he's got a shot at making the team, honestly. So on the back end, I got uh, Provorov with Nikita Zaitsev, Mikhail Sergachev and Artem Zub, Dmitry Ortolov and uh, Gavrikov. The extras there are Nesterov and Nikita Zadorov. And then I have Vasilevsky with uh, the boys on Long Island, Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin as the two backups. I think they're interesting. They're interesting uh, in, back in goaltending. I think they have a ton of options. Even Samsonov might not even make the roster. And he had a decent rookie year. Last mm-hmm. year he struggled, but Oh, even Bobrovsky or – it depends. Like, they have tons of options. They could go with Varlamov and Sorokin, one of the two, and Shishterkin, and Vasilevsky's a lock. Yeah, for sure. Or they could just galaxy brand it and bring a scare off. <laughs> and honestly, like, I think that, like, even if they did choose to bring a scare off, I don't think it's that crazy. Like, he's one of the best goalies in the KHL right now, right? Like, he's, like, he's lights out. So, I don't know. I think that that's something 
that could potentially go down. But um, yeah, this is an interesting little team. Um, again, I have no idea how well they're going to do, but um, regardless, um, they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to score a whole hell of a lot of goals. Um, I'm going to look at Finland right now um, because at forward, they are just unbelievable. Um, like, holy hell, they're loaded. So your top about, line – what's up? What do you think about on Team Russia? You don't think Kovalchuk has a, has a shot? I know they're loaded on wing, but I, yeah. I think Kovalchuk – I know he's old, but that, – That's the why he's part of him. kind of the same boat as Datsuk. It's like, okay, we sure. don't have 40-something-year-old and we have younger, better options. I've Like, I thought about it. I thought about it. Like, I there was no – I couldn't think of a logical way to put him in, you know, because again, he's a little bit older. Um, I mean, they could potentially bring him on as an extra just to have him around because of how important he was. He's been to like their net international play over the past several years. I mean, you know, and he's one of those people like when he gets into like an Olympic play or like a world championship type deal, like he just he brings it like it, the whole thing it just completely flips and he's just a monster, you know. I mean, he was so important to that run for them in eighteen. Like he was unreal. So I don't know. It's possible. It's it's very possible. But at the same time, I could also get the argument of it being a little tough to bring him along just because of where he's at in his career, you know. And plus, over the past eight years since the last Olympics, the NHL went to, the talent at forward for the Russian players has gotten so much better. You know, like there's been a lot more Definitely. guys coming over from the KHL because, like, you guys would even see it from like even as early as or even as like recent as like whenever Sid and Gino got drafted, there would be those guys that get drafted out of the Russian Super League that have unreal potential. And they just – they never came over, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's the big thing that they were able to, you know, get some of these guys over into America. You know, another guy that might – is obviously not going to make the Russian national team, but it's probably going to be a big part of their future is um, Vasily Podkolz. Um, You know, he's, he put up unreal KHL numbers. And he's going to be a huge part of the uh, Canucks top nine this year after he signed that ELC. I'm excited to see what he can do at the NHL level. And, you know, last week we were talking about guys to go on USA or Canada that are going to be a big part of like the 2026 roster and like facility Pud Colson is going to be a massive part of that top nine for Russia in 2026, whenever the time rolls around. So But, yeah, Finland is interesting. Obviously, we're not going to talk super deep into it, but, like, the top line would be line A, Barkov, and Rantanen. And then my second line, um, I'm running the Finns from Carolina. It's going to be Kotkaniemi, Aho, and um, Tebo Teravainen. 
your third line would be Capo Caco, Mikel Granlund, and Yoel Armia. And then your fourth line would be Jonas Donskoy, Eric Howla, and uh, Kasperi Kapanen. And your extras would be Puglia Yarvi and Arturi Lekkonen. That looks pretty damn good on paper, at least for a forward group, you know? And then on D, um, you're going to have Miro Heiskinen. And I, I'd say I'd put Heiskinen with Henry Yokoharyu. And then your second pair is going to be Miko Lettinen and um, Rasmus Ristolainen. Obviously, we know Miko Lettinen is the guy that the Leafs brought over from Russia after he won KHL Defenseman of the Year for Jokerit, uh the year before. Didn't really work out for him, but um, ended up getting traded to Columbus. Um, and then your third pair would be Essa Lindell and Olimata, and your extra would be Sammy Votman. Um, and then in goal, you're going to have – you, uh, you see Soros, Auntie Bronta, and Eunice Corpusella. I don't think that Tuca is going to be ready, but regardless, it's a pretty good team. Definitely, for sure. Um, what was your third line again? Tell me that one. My third line was. Um, Kako, Granlund, and Joel Armia. Mm. Mm. I would I mean, consider well, switching Armia and Captain. And I was about to say that, yeah. Because Donskoy, Hala, and Armia sounds like a really good, like, raw fourth line. Yes. You know? Like that's and you know that's the big thing that I've been trying to like think about with these teams is like how to make a really good grindy fourth line with the players that you have at your disposal. Um, hence why you guys screamed at me for taking Brock Nelson and Brian Russ to the Olympics last week. But you know, what are your thoughts on that, Gabe? Brock Nelson is the fourth line center for USA. I, I could I, see I, it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they have other options besides Nelson, but I'd love to see him on Team USA. I think he brings a grit and he could score. So I think he'd be a good fit on that, on the USA team. Yeah. And I think, you know, like it's either going to be him or JT Miller potentially. Um, I know regardless, they're probably going to take Jack Hughes with him because like at least as an extra skater, because dude, like even though, he's not like fully established in the NHL yet. He's such a big part of USA hockey. Um, and I think it would be difficult to leave him off the roster, especially if you end up taking Quinn. Um, now my question for you is this. Um, Jacob Chikrin has dual citizenship for both USA and Canada. And I think the way you lay out Canada's defense, he doesn't make the cut. What would you think of that if he came over and played for USA? I think he'd have a big impact on the team. Uh, yeah. What? How good is Canada's third defensive pair that you don't think he'll make it? I think it's Chitrin's really, really good. Let me look into the notes document. Okay. <laughs> My third pair. For yeah. Canada would be was uh, Morgan Riley and Dougie Hamilton. 
Okay. Yeah, that's understandable why he wouldn't make it. <laughs> yeah, and then like Ekblad would be the extra or would be the seventh D that goes in, you know? And I really, like, dude, I know it's crazy, but I really think they're going to take Bo and Byram with him just so he gets that experience, you know? Because <clears throat> your top four for Canada is so concrete. It's Theodore, Makar, and Shabbat Petrangelo. Like, any of those four, just pair them however the hell you want to pair them, you know? So, yeah. And I think, you know, if he, if he comes with them, if he, go, if he makes Team USA or comes over and plays for Team USA, he's immediately a top 4D. Chicken. Yeah. He, he might even that. be top pair. You know, because... I think that he'd probably be a better fit with John Carlson than Morensky. You so know, I think, where, and that's that's where we kind of disagree on. You know, is like I think Chickren's good enough to make top four for Canada. I mean, if we're, I mean, who? I think he's. I think he'd be a better option than, than a Dougie Hamels. I think you could pay him, play him with like a Kale McCarr, and get away with that. You know, it's not a it's not a bad thing to have Dougie Hamilton in your on your third pairing with like an Adam Pellich or somebody like that. I think he's. I think Chickren's better than both of those guys. I think he's better than a Darnell Nurse. I think he's better than Mackenzie Weger. Definitely better than Aaron Eckblad, in my opinion. I think that that could easily. I think he could easily crack into Canada's top four. Can we go as far as saying he's better than Morgan Riley, or is it too early yet? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Morgan Riley's not making Team Canada, in my opinion. Yeah, my only issue is, is like I feel like I feel like some of these guys that like I just like that I named might make it because of leaf bias, but then again, like we're pulling like these rosters or like these potential combinations um, and making them into our own out of just like articles we read from like Canadian news outlets. So of course, Mitch Marner is going to be on the roster, and of course, Morgan Riley is going to be in the defensive group. You know, like. It's just pretty much how it goes. Um, but, yeah, man, I think I'm really looking forward to the Olympics. Um, like I said to you guys, I think I'm going to take PTO from work and just watch hockey, um, do podcasts. I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see Sid with McDavid. I'm excited to see Sid with McKinnon. Like, there's so many guys over the past eight years that I'm just so excited to see play in international play that we haven't had a chance to see yet because of the um, NHL not going in 2018. You know, like, I mean, obviously, we're, we're all excited for USA. I mean, this is the best chance in our entire life of them winning a medal or at least winning a gold medal per se. Um, because the goaltending is so deep, the forward group's deep, the defense looks phenomenal, you know. So, now, Gabe, I want to, I want, I want to know your opinion on this. Who's your third goalie for the Americans? Spencer Knight or Thatcher Demko? Probably Demko. I don't. Uh, I can see it going either way. It's a, it's a tough decision. It, it, dude, it's literally a coin flip. Like it is. 
it's a tough one to come up with. Um, you know, and then like I'm looking at a I'm looking at a Czech Republic roster right now that looks really good too. Like, obviously, I'm not going to read the whole thing off, but like the team's so loaded that their fourth line consists of Hedl, Pavel Zaka, and Andre Kasha. Like, it's just crazy. You know, their defense is going to be horrible, though. But, you know, at least they'll have a decent forward group. But, um, yeah, um, anything else you guys want to cover? Anything else you guys want to talk about? Can't wait till two more weeks when we actually talk about real hockey. Not to, Dude, I know. to throw Olympic crossers together. Dude, I know. Like, literally, and like, I, I said this to um, my dad. He said to me, he's like, what's up with the Olympic stuff? I'm like, you just, you need to find gap fillers. Yeah, we're at that because, point. Just like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. We could talk about how Philip Hollander could potentially make, or I, I specifically could talk about how Philip Hollander could potentially make the uh, Penguins third line or their bottom six in some capacity until my eyes bleed. It's just, I don't think people want to hear that. You know? How about that guy though? Talk about, you know, setting your nuts on the table pretty much, you know, like, yeah. what a, what a bold move, you know? I know. I love it though. I, I and honest to God, dude, I think he does it. Gabe, do you have any idea what we're talking about? No. <laughs> he, so Philip Hollander went into the Penguins development camp and said, I'm here to take an NHL roster spot. Great. I remember reading that. Legendary like, wow. quote. Okay. That's it's <laughs> yeah. dude, it's legendary. And let me let me just say, gentlemen, if he makes the opening night roster as the third line center, it continues the great tradition of every player we've traded Jordan Stahl for being the third line center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would. Because you got to think, Jordan Stahl became Brandon Sutter. Brandon Sutter became Nick Benino. Um, we turned that goalie prospect we drafted with the pick from the Benino trade into Derek Broussard. Then we turned Derek <laughs> Broussard into Nick Bukesad and Jared McCann. They both played third-line center. And now here we are trading Jared McCann for Philip Hollander. I never realized that. Not that you mentioned it. I never realized that connection was all the way. This is, this is why it's nice to have a friend and a co-host who's just literally just a, a fucking crazy person. <laughs> the fact that I rattled that off perfectly is insane. Yeah. You know, and then like you practice that one in the mirror time or two. What'd you say? You practice that one in the mirror time or two. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, James Neal or like the uh, yeah, it's the James Neal trade tree. Literally every single guy turned into a top six winger that was supposed to play with Sid, but could not play with Sid. Neil turned into Hornquist. Hornquist turned into Kessel. Kessel turned into Jason Zucker. And now here we are with people shouting into the void on Twitter about how Jason Zucker's worthless. 
that's just how it goes. It is. All right, guys, for real though, anything else? I think we've touched them all. Man. I think I think we did pretty good. Gabe, you got anything coming up? Like anything interesting, jersey wise, we should know about. Like if you want to drop a bomb right now, drop a bomb. I haven't heard anything anything that I haven't tweeted about. Anything that I hear, it'll be on Twitter. I right, promise you good that. Deal. All right, guys. Well, this has been another episode of Four Checking TV. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Four Checking TV. Subscribe to us on YouTube, and get us where and find us wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, guys. Thank you and good night.